0: Oh, Neptune. Another podcast about him.
1: <laughs> oh, Neptune. I never get sick of that one. And I mean, I guess that's what we're going to talk never about do. today. That none of them really ever feel not funny.
0: Welcome back to the Disney desk, everyone. I'm Carter.
1: <laughs> and I'm Sydney.
0: <laughs> and we got more SpongeBob to talk about. Oh, you thought we were yeah. done?
1: we tricked you um we're still in july which means we still have more summer of sponge look at that oh,
0: yeah we couldn't wrap it up so soon no do you remember that one month do you remember that one month where we were convinced that it was only four weekends and then we realized at the 11th hour we needed a fifth episode
1: no uh kind of
0: i don't remember what month it was though
1: yeah neither do i <laughs> I don't remember what we ended up doing, but, um, yeah, we, like, we like to think we play these things pretty well, but then something like that always, like, crops up.
0: Right, right. Um, but yes, we have one more episode for you to wrap up July, the summer of Sponge. Um, I didn't even realize how perfect it turns out. Uh, SpongeBob recently celebrated his birthday,
1: yes not not just Spongebob, but Tom Kenny, the actor who plays Spongebob, both had birthdays recently um which I saw on on the Nickelodeon Spongebob instagram um so yeah, it is super um appropriate for us to be catching this um and, and doing the summer sponge and the anniversary of Spongebob,
0: yeah, it's. Couldn't have planned it better if we did it on purpose. Exactly. Um, I probably put a clip in uh, the episode uh, bio. There's actually a very cute clip of Nickelodeon celebrating SpongeBob's birthday, where it's the residents of Bikini Bottom all singing to him, and then it cuts to all of these different celebrities and people tangentially related to SpongeBob being like, Happy birthday!
1: (laughs) Oh, wow, that's cute.
0: But, um, yes, for us, like... The musical and the musical and talking about band geeks were kind of the perfect, like, culmination. Kind of Correct. like the two most spongebob Spongebob things that I've ever Spongebobbed mm-hmm. in one and two compact packages. And for this final episode, we thought we would do a little bit of an epilogue. Kind of like a wrap-up summation centered around kind of what Spongebob's legacy is for our generation.
1: Yeah, we couldn't help but feel even though as we've sort of discovered this month how universally beloved SpongeBob is across multiple generations. I feel like SpongeBob is the one thing that that millennials should be able to claim as right. as, as us being sort of the target audience for it when it was initially created and having like sort of grown up age appropriate with it. It feels like ours. and that has translated into internet language and sort of meme language. Spe- specifically the um <laughs> the the consistency of the way that SpongeBob memes are or or that 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 stills from SpongeBob are used as memes. And right. that being a part of like the larger legacy of the show and the way it's it's still appreciated and understood.
0: It is a it is very pointed and this has like been an old discussion at this point. But like how much of our like sort of how much of like pop culture right now is still driven by like 70s and 80s nostalgia more than 90s and 2000s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that we're only just getting like The fact that we're only just getting, like, franchises like the Powerpuff Girls getting rebooted Mm -hmm. is, like, emblematic of, like, our generation's nostalgia hasn't really... Well, hasn't had a chance to develop, but it hasn't had a chance to get its voices in the room. Mm -hmm. Like, no, we'll get more Transformers. We'll get more Indiana Jones. Like, sort of the stuff we've grown up with is the stuff that our parents had as kids. Mm, Whereas SpongeBob is that one emphatic thing that's like, no, this is our generation's... It, would, it has persisted, it has stayed, and it will continue to stay, probably, uh, till the heat death of the planet.
1: Exactly, yeah. We hope.
0: We have a lot of different ideas to talk about this episode, and we can't wait to do one more plunge into Bikini Bottom. But before we begin, it is time for another
1: Internet Minute. All right, Carter, tell us what your Internet Minute is for today.
0: So mine is a little bit of a broader one. It's more of a general discussion of uh, sort of a big event that happened. Um, so recently, if you follow any animation people on Twitter, if you follow any sort of like network, like cartoon-esque thing, you'll have seen a lot of former animators and creators for the Cartoon Network um, all having a big flash mob outside the Cartoon Network Studios building um, that recently just closed its doors. Um, so, as a part of Warner Brothers' continued uh, hacking to the bone, um, Warner Brothers Animation and Cartoon Network, who are two different um, animation groups, uh, ha- are being fused together and put in one building uh, downtown Atlanta, I believe. Or maybe it's in California, the building. I always get mixed up which building, where, which Cartoon Network location the actual headquarters is. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, it was so interesting seeing all of these people who, like, really helped shape the company through, especially in the recent years, when it kind of had to, like, regain its prestige. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, after those dark years where we were growing up, where it was like, what if Cartoon Network didn't have cartoons? Mm. Um, and sort of the people who brought it back basically from the dead and kind of, like, created this entire animation, like, generation, just, like, lose their home in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, the building is gone. Um and I don't know, it, it got, it got, the discourse got a little bit nasty in terms of like, a lot of people pointed out, it's like, well, the studio's not going away. It's just being rebranded and it's moving. And like, this is unfortunately, this is like a part of Warner Brothers tradition. Like Cartoon Network was built on the bones of hanna Barbera studio. Right. Like the Hanna-Barbera building closed and that's how we got the current Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network studio. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, No, this is symbolic. This is symbolic of an unfortunate time in animation history where, especially for Warner Brothers, where it's like, Warner Brothers' soul was built by the Looney Tunes. It was built by classic cartooning. It was built by the hand-drawn arts. And to see, like, the current studio heads be so callous about Mm. it, be so, like, nonchalant, and, like, cancel so many projects. Like, our beloved Craig of the Creek had its fine. Well, one, they announced it's going to have one final season, and its episode order got cut in half. So many shows got, like, killed on the vine. So much of, like, what Cartoon Network is supposed to be is now just gone. Right. To the point where when they, like, show the trailer for Jessica's Big Little World, which is supposed to be sort of, like, a um, sort of more pre-K-centered show about... You know, Craig's little sister, Jessica, it's like, is that the only original animated series they're going to have running? It's like, what else do they have? Like, We Baby Bears, which is another sort of younger-leaning oh, yeah. show that's like They've a really
1: fantasy prequel. they really decided to intentionally lean into, like, a, a pre-K audience for the first time, and, like, they're really behind the curve on that, but... yeah. And it's like,
0: I guess it's good that they have something, but at the same time, it's like, that just leaves a whole gap that used to be, like, the cornerstone of Cartoon Network is just gone. Mm. And that building closing is kind of symbolic of that in a way that really, really sucks.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's a shame. I was kind of unaware that any of that was was happening. Um, you know, even though we've sort of lightly touched on Cartoon Network here and there on the channel, hopefully in the future, um, we will go into Cartoon Network with with some depth and in the same way that we have now with Nickelodeon and obviously with Disney.
0: Yeah, it's, it's tough. And it's also just like there's a bitter pill to it of like, you know, now that the strikes have happened, these ghouls have like tried to weasel their way back into animation mm-hmm. like – They're really pushing Jessica's Big Little World. They're really pushing My Adventures with Superman, which is a delightful show. Mm -hmm. They're also, like, doing this whole rebranding where basically, like, Adult Swim is being expanded. So anything young adult. So anything, like, you know, like the original Teen Titans, the, um, you know, this My Adventures with Superman, which is very Teen Titans Avatar-esque in terms of, like, Western anime influence. Um, Like... Stuff like that. Hell, they're probably like even Adventure Time. Like the Fiona and Cake show, which is supposed to be like a alt universe adaptation of Adventure Time, which we don't need to get into here. But basically, like that is going straight to Max and Adult Swim. Like Whoa. basically, all the stuff that is the cornerstone of Cartoon Network yeah. is now considered Adult Swim. Whereas which is like whatever quote unquote cart, right? Which and whatever Cartoon Network is is going to be more pre K, and. I don't know. I don't want to be so, like, down on it because again, I feel like we're at a time where animation is in simultaneously a chaotic, like, a dire but also healthy place because the things that are getting made are mm-hmm. genuinely great. Right. It's just there's not enough work to go around. All right, Sid. What is your internet minute?
1: Mine is dumb. It's,
0: <laughs> um, it's you always say that. It's
1: short and dumb, but good and funny and, like, might be conversation worthy. And you may even have an answer for this one, actually. Um, this is from Twitter. Um, this is a tweet from one of my favorite YouTubers. Um, her name is Bailey Sarian. And um, she tweets out of the blue one day, how come Tarzan never had a beard? And then she adds, and how come I just noticed? And then someone, <laughs> um, I guess I should like forward this to you so that you can see it. But someone photoshopped like body hair onto Tarzan, and it, and it and it poses like a lot of questions about Tarzan. <laughs> um, I mean like
0: because well, he's not a himbo if he has a beard,
1: right? I guess not. But like, okay, we we've given him these like dreadlock things, but I mean like, I I save this because I'm like, you know, there's a lot of questions about Tarzan. Like, if if Tarzan if, is a There's a lot of questions about Tarzan. I mean, I can't help but think of like the smells. Do you know what I mean? Like what would a person like this even smell like?
0: I mean, let's be real. Tarzan as a idea, Tarzan as a like literary franchise, is already oodles and oodles problematic. Yes. Um, (laughs) Like, cause it's like, you know, it's a British man being like, Oh, a man among you know a man in Africa. What a what a wild idea! Wow. Man living among the savage creatures, and it's like, wait a minute, there was a lot of people, like a lot, a lot right. of people there already. What are you talking right. about? And then right. like the added like later books, that's like, oh, he was actually a noble, and it's like, oh, sure. So like a wealthy British guy walks in, white guy walks into Africa and instantly becomes king of like the oh, area of naturally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, instantly like overthrows any government that's there. Yeah, it's like inherently problematic. And for some reason, the dreads for me, I'm just like, why did we lean in? Like, I just, okay, why are we leaning into the problematic elements?
1: Well, the dreads would have, like, the dreads are the only part that are realistic. Because that would just happen to your hair naturally.
0: I mean, you're not wrong. But, like, (laughs) I just, you know, Sydney, (laughs) listen, I usually try to encourage you with your memes. But, yes, this one, you're, it's you're not dumb. wrong. But <laughs> it's like,
1: dumb, but I wanted to talk no, about it. No, it's not as
0: dumb as having, like, 80s, 90s power ballad got, uh, icon just sing over this beautiful animation.
1: Well, and, that's you know, the like, part that you're I'm being mean.
0: About. I just decided to lean into the heel of me and Tarzan. If but you know what? It, it wasn't the only studio. It wasn't the only one pulling this bullshit. They did that with Spirit. They, like, they did it with other movies of this era. That mm-hmm. was just the flavor of the month, and it really bothered me personally.
1: Yeah, and you, and you alone have that opinion of it. So that's the only thing you're wrong about with, with Tarzan. It's a banger soundtrack, um, <laughs> and everyone loves it, and everyone agrees, except you. Oh, well. Anyway, wouldn't it be funny if he actually? I never actually... said the music isn't good. Like, then what are you talking for at all, Carl? Like what? <laughs> like this it's wrong
0: for the movie.
1: How stupid. Okay. Anyway, if if there's if there's one thing like you just admitted that most things about this movie are wrong. So like it, if anything, it deserves the soundtrack. No. No comment. Okay. Okay. Anyway, wouldn't it be funny if Tarzan was actually like anatomically like accurate? <laughs> no, it I would mean, be it would be disgusting, actually. Like if we were to literally yeah. think about this, this would be absolutely atrocious.
0: Yeah, and that's like the weird magic of like this era of or like the Tarzan-esque like sort of like bodice ripper sort of like what romantic fantasy genre of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, this rugged man of the wild with his rippling chest in his hair. It's like pirates smelled like garbage. Yeah. People living in the jungle smelled like garbage. You have to like suspend a lot of people in any time pre 1800 probably didn't smell great Mm -hmm. uh, with like a handful of exceptions. Like it was considered abnormal that Vikings bathed and even their bathing tactics weren't the best.
1: Mm hmm.
0: (laughs) Like, that was a part of why, like, the English hated them so much. It's like, these damn, like, Nords coming into our land, like, seducing our women with their smells. Yeah. But I digress.
1: Okay. Anyway, enough of that.
0: Yeah, let's get back. Let's act like adults here. Let's be mature, (laughs) grown-up men and women Uh and talk about SpongeBob SquarePants.
1: Yes, I agree
0: and now back to your regular scheduled programming. So on this discussion I actually found like a really interesting article that um from Times it's from 2019 not too long after Stephen passed, Hillenburg passed away um talking about it's called Your Comprehensive Guide to the Best SpongeBob Memes Across the Internet um Internet C, haha, ha, pun. Mm. Um, and they actually have a couple really interesting quotes from Tom Kenny about this. Um, I can't think of anything like it, Tom Kenny, who voiced the titular role of Spongebob since the pilot taped in 1997. They're very relatable but good-natured, and that just makes me happy. While the internet, while social media can often be a place for hate and vitriol, people tend to give Spongebob a special, kinder treatment, which Kenny appreciates. I just love that these people are really funny. They can think of things that I would have never thought of. And a very interesting, um, uh, just to give you a sense of the scope, because like, may, uh, sometimes I'm wondering, I'm like, am I only picking up SpongeBob memes because my computer knows I'm a millennial and, like, choreographs it to, right. like, cater to my specific tastes? But then I look at it, and um, according to this article, on Know Your Meme, the internet's primary database for all things memery, SpongeBob <laughs> SquarePants memes currently accounts... For 4,635 images. To put that in context, other films and TV shows that make common meme fodder include the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which only has 276 images, and The, the Simpsons, office? which has 1, 1,116. Oh. They do not list The Office. I assume that would be pretty close on that level. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, it, it feels... Like, it does confirm like it kind of does confirm my assumption that it really is like SpongeBob is a disproportionate amount of our meme culture right
1: now. Yeah. Mhm.
0: And like I was there's a lot of different avenues you can take that discussion. And I guess like the first question is like why do they work so well?
1: Yeah. I Okay, so we kind of we 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 briefly touched on this. <laughs> Um, and I'm laughing because I have like Google images up of just random Spongebob memes Um, the other in one of our other episodes this month um, with the fish like looking backwards (laughs) and why just the image alone I mean most of these most of these images like when I pull up Google images I've just searched like Spongebob memes a lot of them have no text on them and like just the image by itself is really funny and i don't i don't know why there's something like i i think i think they're funny because they sort of like cartoonize um the ridiculousness of like the human condition
0: yes i did. so much of this month is this bit from the simpsons where they're talking about itchy and scratchy and someone goes well, I hate to over anything, but Itchy and Scratchy really represent the great comedic dryad. And it's, like, we're, like, adding intellect to yes. SpongeBob SquarePants. But it's, like, there is a science to this. There and is. And you're right. It is, like, and, like, it's something that a lot of people talk about. It's, like, SpongeBob is very simple. Well, right. like, on paper, it's uber complicated. It's, like, sponge, pineapple. He jellyfishes. He flips burgers. Mm-hmm. Like, we talk about all this stuff that SpongeBob has on his lap. But at the same time, it's, like... When you actually get into the episode, it's weirdly simple. Right. Like, the plots are simple. The jokes are easy to understand. Like, the visual language is very clean. Especially, like, later episodes that go for a sort of more vibrant, like, clean art style. Mm-hmm. Like, as they get away from Hillenberg's more, like, pencil-y style. mm mm-hmm. Like... Like, if you just look at an image of Spongebob, there's never a question of what emotion he's giving, like, right. what the, like, energy is, like, what tone of voice any character's talking in. Like, right. it is a testament to, like, how strong a show it is in terms of iconography that, like, you can look at a picture of Patrick, like, hunched over looking angry because he's been called the Krusty crab, like, five times and understand the voice <laughs> tone and energy of that specific thing. And, like, that just makes it so easy to graft any meme you need onto it.
1: Yeah, even it's like, you're you're right that it's not just SpongeBob as a character that that translates that way. There's like there are really funny memes that center every character. Like I'm just right. passing this one of Squidward like, in the dark looking out the window at SpongeBob and Patrick like playing outside, and he's just like gazing down at them through his blinds, as he's like in this. Yes, the exactly. <laughs> The entire
0: language of Spongebob is clean.
1: Right. Like, not only do you understand what's going on in this scene, but it's so simple and relatable that you can apply any scenario onto that and have it make sense. I was going to say, like, with the fish meme, like, you know, it just, like, yeah, it, it sort of just, like, stretches out and highlights like, the things that are absolutely ridiculous and inherently funny about, like, being a human being. Um, and they, they just become hilarious when it's a fish doing it. Like, yeah, like because when someone's acting erratic in, in public, like, everyone is nosy, and they look, then they turn and right. look at that person doing an insane thing. So it's just, like, it is so easy to, to like, to, to look at, like, a fish doing that in a restaurant like something about that
0: is really funny it also yeah it distills that energy of like anything's funnier if it's an anthropomorphic animal doing it yeah it's funny when animals do people stuff it's why one of my favorite memes is just one of those like children's books with like the really detailed drawings of like anthropomorphic critters and it's like Mm -hmm. the humans are dead we're the humans now yeah or like uh Or, like, what is it called? There was, like, a series of shorts called, like, Dog City or Dog Town where it was, like, live-action dogs just, like, filling in as humans. And, like, now you would identify, like, how did they get – there's no way they got the animals to do this without committing at least some egregious workplace abuses. Um, (laughs) But, like, when you watch it and you can detach yourself from that, you're like, it is very funny that this dog is holding up a plate like a waiter. right. Like, there's something, yeah, it's something so basic about that of, like, look at this dumb, weird fish looking back, like,
1: what's going on over there? Right, truly turned around in his seat just to, like, look at something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, like, Matt Groening of The Simpsons always talked about, like, the key for my character, like, for me in character design, it's about, like, instantly identifiable silhouette. Like, if I was literally just to paint the entire frame black and you were to just see, like, a black shadow of this character, you should immediately be able to be like, ah, yeah, that's Bart or oh that's homer right, exactly like based just on like graphic shapes and stuff
1: the same and i do think with that Disney and, com- and color as we saw
0: yeah yeah it's their version spongebob's version is like shape and their version is color
1: mm-hmm.
0: although like even with spongebob obviously there's like pretty simple colors but anyway it's also like yeah the memes like you can get weird with the memes but you can never get like anyone can pick up on what joke you're making pretty quickly. Like Absolutely. the problem I find with Shrek and why Shrek has kind of uh, turned me away. Like I've been kicked out of like the gates right. of Shrek it, Shre- heaven, Shre- Shrek heaven. Yes. I can not think of how to smash those two words together is those memes get so weird and esoteric now. Like even beyond, like we have somehow gone seven steps beyond Shrek is love, Shrek is life where they get so weird and esoteric You have to have, like, a degree in memery to understand, like, the history of, like, how we got here. Where it's like, well, you have to understand, like, people really liked the song All Star and thought it was really funny that Mm. he, like, opens the door on the word some or body. And (laughs) you also need to understand that people in the wake of the bad movies decided to do this whole, like, religion around Shrek. And that's how (sighs) we got to this image. And it's like, I don't have time. I have so few hours... I am already a quarter of the way through my life, and you are wasting precious minutes that I could be spending trying to parse out this meme. I don't need that for a SpongeBob <laughs> meme. A SpongeBob meme is literally, like, five seconds. Oh, ah. Huh.
1: Yeah, I understand. Yeah.
0: Um, To the point where it's even, like, so as I was going through, like, these, like, this Time article shows, like, a lot of these iconic memes, and I was like, honestly, if you put a gun to my head, I could not tell you, like, m- where half of these come from episode-wise.
1: Yeah. Which is
0: a testament to, like, how funny SpongeBob is, that your, like, brain just blurs together, like, all the best episodes into one big, like, yeah, into one big pool. Like, that chicken one, which kind of felt like the OG SpongeBob meme in terms of, like, that's when I actually started to notice it. Yeah, like,
1: that's... Okay, there's two here that that seem like the beginning of, like, Spongebob memes being everywhere. It's the the chicken one, which I genuinely can't tell you what that's from at all. I've never seen that episode. I double-checked, and I'm like, yep,
0: never watched that one.
1: I have never, I don't know what that's from. It looks newer. And the Mr. Krabs in, like, the delirious, like, in, like, the angry mob. Those two, I remember being, like... Which
0: is hilarious, because, like... For the longest time I thought it had that weird tunnel vision it does, but it's like no, the that's just effect. something no, that's somebody a added Photoshop that Photoshop effect someone added. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that is just like the mood that stuck. But it, it would like that that message would still be there without the fisheye thing.
0: Right. Because why are his eyes curved?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um but yeah, it's like, like even though I haven't seen that episode, like I instantly get why they decided what to make this a meme. And at the same yeah. time. And, like, I use that text style now when I'm being sarcastic. So yes. this meme that Time has pulled up, Americans, I need health care because I have cancer and I'm dying. Republicans, I need health care because I have cancer and I'm dying.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: the fact that I can, like, think of how to articulate that in a voice, it's like, oh, right. yeah, that's the key to, like, a universal meme. It's like, I don't, I I, I just immediately understand right. everything about it in every way, shape, or form.
1: You know what other one is weirdly just like self-explanatory and it's the one from the episode when he goes to like live amongst the jellyfish and he's naked and he's like standing with his hand against the wall like breathing out I don't know why that one makes so much sense but is the funniest one
0: yeah and like again it's like and it's amazing because, again, like, you feel like you really need the context for that because it's like, where are his pants? His name is Square Pants. Right,
1: he's just Why his does
0: he still have his shoes and socks on? Right. Why does he look exhausted? And that one, that one tied in hand-in-hand in hand with the Patrick one where he's, like, sticking to the ceiling, which is funny because he's a starfish, but also, like, that insane face he makes where it's like, this is the only time Patrick has ever looked like this in an episode, <laughs> and he will never yeah. look like this again, where right. you're like, is he going to kill
1: someone? Yeah, this looks so threatening. Um, the There's also this one From like the um, Like the prehistoric time Like the one where Yes, the caveman looks like a, The caveman one I don't know why that one That one's even harder to explain What he's doing Like it's just Just Him <clears throat> looking aghast Yeah
0: <laughs> I also love so many of these Can just be explained by a random sound effect
1: Right, but yeah
0: Like, we transcend the human language and just go back to, like, caveman times of, like...
1: (laughs) (gasps) Grunting, yes.
0: (laughs) Which I guess is meme culture distilled down to, like, an idea of, like, yeah, let's just give up on language and just go back to, like, cave paintings and sound effects.
1: Exactly. Even some of, like, the unnamed fish. Like, oh, you know... Oh my gosh, I like the more I scroll, the more, like this is just going to be like everything else this month where we're just like, remember this thing? Remember that thing? Because um, that's the only way to do ah, it. my nostalgia. Right, exactly. I'm a child again. From the episode when, uh, I guess it's an April Fool's episode, like whatever one where Squidward pretends to be dead. And it's just them. Oh, yes. SpongeBob and Patrick with a coffin and they're like, okay, get in. Like, All I right, get that, in. That's like one of the rare ones that, that comes with its own text. Um, like, right. As context and like, and it's just funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. That episode always drove me insane. Cause it was like my first foray into like the idea of like a status quo reset. Cause in my head, I'm like, well, he's dead now. He's on the surface forever. And then it's like, he's just back and they never acknowledge that happened again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh right. Cartoons reset the status quo. Yeah.
1: At the end of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And,
0: like, on top of that, it's also, like, it really was the perfect storm of, like, it was always going to, I feel like it was always going to be something from millennials that became, like, the centerpiece meme. Like, because, like, we are that first generation that, like, knew a world pre-internet and post-internet. So, like, you know, it just became very easy for us to, like, graft whatever we had onto it. Because, like, Mm -hmm. Simpsons has a lot of memes, but there was, like, two, almost two decades of Simpsons before, like, the internet was, like, social media was mainstream. Right, exactly. And then, like, even Shrek, which is, like, kind of more on the line, I feel like is too, like, already in internet culture. I think that's a part of why Shrek gets so weird, too, because it's, like, there's already so much meme culture built before Shrek got on the scene. Like, before Shrek became a meme itself, Mm-hmm. That it's, like, it just ends up getting stuck in the cesspool like a hippo in, like, right. a bunch of swamp.
1: Like like an ogre in a in a swamp,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have been an easier <laughs> metaphor, but we never take the easy route here on the Disney desk, no, folks. No, we
1: don't, baby. <laughs> All
0: right, well, let's get the obvious question out of the way. What is your favorite—give me three of your favorite go-tos of the memes.
1: I mean— it that's so tough okay i oh my gosh i'm so, okay so i have to the the naked one with him like <laughs> out of All breath right. um the one of him um when he visits sandy's house for the first time and he's like sitting across the table from the glass of water just like staring at <laughs> it um and then there's one with like a fish. I don't know how else to like explain this one. It's a. It's like the fish like looking over. Like it's just like a very like disapproving looking fish. Um, I genuinely have no idea how to like explain it to you, so I'm forwarding it to you right now. Oh God! So like um, I don't know how to explain it. But oh, it's like, the what I'm did the you background. do with
0: my drink, guy? Yeah, just stop. Yeah, hey. him
1: just sort of like, judgingly like looking at someone.
0: <laughs> Sometimes the ones with the one. other
1: fish characters are hilarious. Okay, what are your favorite ones? Um,
0: well, obviously number one is oh Neptune, like oh, Mrs. I forgot Puff. About that. Puffed up we
1: use that a and lot. Sweat in dripping our... down her
0: face with bug eyes. Yes, that's like just a go-to for anything. Right. Like if there's a good movie trailer, if. The consequences of our actions are coming to a head. Yes. Um, if we're flustered about anything, it just has such like <laughs> versatility. You can just kind of yes. use it in like a dozen different contexts, and it all tracks a hundred percent. The one of the crowd from the Oh brother, this guy stinks. One because I love that you don't yes. need to have the text, and like anyone, what wi- like so like anyone our age immediately knows what you're getting at. <laughs> Uh, Like, just understands, like, somewhere in that, someone's going to yell, Oh, Oh, brother! brother,
1: This guy sticks! Which Um, is so
0: unhinged
1: to, like, think of doing that, like, at a live show.
0: It's one of my favorite, well, it's just, like, it falls into one of my favorite, um, it just falls into one of my favorite sort of, like, humor stylings of, like, any, like, vaudeville show, or, like, any stage (laughs) show. Just, like, the crowd-turning... Like, riotous or, like, right. getting angry. Like, pies being thrown. A cane mm-hmm. getting pulled out on stage. Like, that whole, like... That whole, like, sort of genre of humor is very funny to me. Right. <laughs> and then, obviously, the No, This is Patrick meme. Because that's another one yeah. where it's like... You can just say, No, This is Patrick in so many contexts. And everyone will go, Haha, yes, I remember that episode, too. Jolly good. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I do think... How much of, like, Spongebob's meme culture do you think... Because I talked about, like, I feel like a part of Shrek's sort of meme day is, like... Because those last couple movies were such stinkers that mm-hmm. it's like, well, we wanted to keep the memories. Like, we wanted ways to, like, you know, keep the spirit alive. I do think... There's a lesser energy with that with SpongeBob because it's, like, we've talked about there's chunks of episodes that we've never seen. Like, there's eras of SpongeBob that we aren't as versed in. I've really been trying to go back to seasons 11 and 12, like, the seasons that Hillenburg was, like, more hands-on with post the um, second movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And, one, I will say, coming back to them, they are actually pretty good. They are a different rhythm. Like, there's a different rhythm and chemistry to the humor and energy but at the same time, I'm like, this still feels like a entertaining 11 minutes of, like, joke after joke after joke. Right. Um, one of my favorites being uh, Patrick and SpongeBob inadvertently let Plankton steal the Krabby Patty formula, uh, prompting them to try to sneak into the chum bucket after hours to steal it. Um, mm. And an incredible punchline at the end where they finally fess up to Mr. Krabs, and he's like, don't worry, I'll steal it back. He just goes to the edge of the chum bucket, punches through a wall, <laughs> and, like, takes the whole safe out.
1: Oh my gosh And I'm like That's yeah. the g-
0: I'm glad they still I'm glad the people Working on it now Including a lot of The original writers Who came back I'm glad we all Still understand The assignment
1: Right Exactly But um,
0: yeah Like I do think Like meme culture Feels like the same As like fan fiction For me It feels oh, like yeah. Like kids playing With like the toys And stuff And making right. fan films Where it's like It's a way to keep The toys you love Still in use Even when you're not Necessarily getting New stuff
1: Right Yeah I agree You know, speaking of toys, like, as I'm scrolling through, I can't believe how many of the memes have been turned into, like, figurines and, like, collectibles. Yes, well, was a whole, like... That's so weird.
0: Some company, as I was skimming through all this, some company made a collection that was just, like, memes. Like, just different, like, Patrick with the plank nailed to his head, which I can't believe I forgot about until I said it out loud.
1: Totally forgot about that, yeah.
0: Right, that's the problem with, like, picking top three. It's like, well, you're just going to remember other ones and want to retcon your decisions later.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, like, they just made a whole set of toys where the gimmick is, hey, you like this meme, don't you?
1: Right, don't you want to have it on your shelf?
0: Which, when I say that out loud, kind of makes my head spiral where I'm like, oh my god, we're in such a pit.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, everything's a black hole eating itself. Essentially, but at the same time it feels less bad with SpongeBob cuz Tom Kenny is right like so few of these SpongeBob memes are particularly mean spirited like i've never seen like cuz like a huge chunk of meme culture is very black pill and very nihilist right, and angry right. where it's like it's so hard to be angry when you're looking at a picture of SpongeBob yes. like the most you can get is sarcastic
1: right right
0: um so i don't know I feel like the reason why we wanted to talk about the memes is because it kind of ties in with, like, a bigger discussion about, like, the legacy of SpongeBob and, like, why it matters still and why it did matter. Yeah. So on that note, um, when we were talking about Band Geeks, I mentioned there was this um, Greatest Nickelodeon epi- or Nicktoons episodes. It was, like, a poll, fan poll they did late 2007, and they announced it. This is like the thing I was talking about that is going to, well, it's not gonna, it's not gonna shock you because it's pretty obvious when you think about it. Okay. Do you want to guess out of the top 10 iconic, most voted for episodes, how many of them are SpongeBob?
1: Um, this is just like across Nickelodeon.
0: Yes, across the entire history of Nickelodeon.
1: I mean, all of them?
0: (laughs) Honestly, it wouldn't have surprised me if it was all of them, but it is literally eight The entire top six is SpongeBob SquarePants. What are the other two? The other two are number 10, Danny Phantom, The Ultimate Enemy. really, And number seven is Avatar The Last Airbender, The Siege of the North, which to be fair is like the season one finale, which is actually pretty cool. If you're going to pick one episode from Avatar, that's a cool one.
1: I always underestimate how much people remember and still love Danny Phantom.
0: Right. I've, like, especially for me, who's grown so out of favor with Butch Hartman and just his general oeuvre.
1: Yes.
0: It's, like, kind of wild how popular Danny Phantom was.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, Yes. So the top six are Band Geeks, Dying for Pie, Bubble Stand, F.U.N., Your Shoes Untied, Ripped Pants. And then number eight and nine are Big Pink Loser and Hookie. Oh,
1: Hookie. I forgot about that one.
0: I feel Jeez. like there should be more memes from Hookie.
1: Right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, again, maybe like, there are, and they're just impossible to assign them to their correct episode.
0: It could be. I know the cheese one, where all the hooks with the cheese. Oh,
1: yes. Is yeah.
0: <laughs> But it is really a hell of a thing as you look back, and you're like, yeah, Spongebob really is, like, one of one. In terms of, like... Oh, absolutely. I would argue, like... Outside of, like, because, like, Cartoon Network, and I think it's, like, we were talking about Cartoon Network, Mm -hmm. and I think it's really pointed that, like, the history of Nickelodeon feels like one continuous line. Like, yes, like, Fairly Odd Parents and Danny Phantom feel like they were part of two different generations. Like, Loud House is a different generation than a lot of these shows. But at the same time, it all feels like it connects. Like, once you get past Ren and Stimpy, it all feels like a straight line, whereas Cartoon Network has these moments of, like, down periods between, right, like, absolutely. the Powerpuff Girls era and the Adventure Time era and the Flapjack era. Those feel like distinct times, like absolutely. highs and lows, where it's, like, even when there wasn't that much else I was watching on Nickelodeon, Spongebob was still there oh, to make yeah. it feel like it was one dynasty.
1: Right. You know, I meant to mention, like, somewhere in here, and maybe I did earlier in the month, about Nickelodeon, like, finally finding their Mickey Mouse. You know? is yes. is every Is every network sort of going for that? Like... And and obviously he's not like a one-to-one for Mickey Mouse, but, but like for a, mm-hmm. for a, for a channel like Nickelodeon, yeah, they, they, they somehow, I, I would argue that like the branding for Nickelodeon changed around the, like the sort of needs of Spongebob or, or like a, around the, the taste of Spongebob.
0: I, At least for honestly, a bit in I the would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that because I do feel like SpongeBob, like, invert. Yeah, he inadvertently changed a lot of like the energy just in general that mm-hmm. Nickelodeon had, and Nickelodeon's different because compared to like, it's a weird tweener between Disney Channel and um, Cartoon Network. Yeah, because like I think it balanced its live action stuff best with its animated stuff. It does. Yeah. Whereas like Disney Channel, I think gave up on animation during its like peak. live action era Mm -hmm. and the one time Cartoon Network tried live action stuff, it was such a disaster it almost killed the studio and also, like, set girl bossing back decades because the, like, creative lead behind that was a woman. Right. Um, But, like, yeah, I do think there is something to, like, every studio wants a Mickey Mouse. Every studio wants a face where it's, like, when in doubt, have, like, a lighthouse beacon that everything else centers around. Mm -hmm. And I would argue one of the reasons I think – Mickey Mouse stuck with our generation so much is because we were in the area where Mickey Mouse was just not cool. Yeah. Like outside of outside of the House of Mouse, which like, you know, Disney believes in so much they still don't have it on Disney Plus. Mm. Like, he didn't really have a personality. He was just kind of like, ho ho, ho oh, geez. He another was fun adventure.
1: Sort of a Kermit. Like sort yeah, of a flustered, like, like- Oh, no, I've yeah. got to Kermit with organize like, this. Yeah. Less
0: cool Kermit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Kermit with less, like, theatrics. Like, because yes. Kermit's funny. Well, one, because Kermit's just funny because he's an actual puppet. And just, right. like, the, oh, he's just hanging out here. And everyone has to pretend he's a real talking frog. Right, right. And, like, Mickey Mouse isn't allowed to just start screaming at someone while flailing his arms. Like, exactly. you can't. They're like, no, no, he's the face of the company. And he needs right. to be He's cool. there to
1: deliver the magic. He needs to be. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's there to be the mascot who leads you to all the more interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, when that's your mascot, that just doesn't really work. I'd argue it's a, it was a big problem with Nintendo during, like, the oh. new Super Mario Brothers era, where Mario just became this very sterile, clean, like, polished to a shine, where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying this, but it's not, like, I'm not feeling anything. Like, I'm not feeling anything unique.
1: Yeah. Whereas
0: Spongebob, by his nature, is, like, weird. He has personality pouring out of his pores. Right. He li- you literally. squeeze him, he literally drips personality. <laughs> yes. And, like, that just, if there's anything that makes, like, made, like, Nickelodeon Nickelodeon emblematic of, like, being the, like, an opposite to Disney, it's that their mascot was allowed to be this weird, zany little critter. Right. Who was getting into hijinks, who was causing problems, who was fixing things. Mm-hmm. And I'd argue Cartoon Network struggles, because they never had one, like, central, the closest they had is, like, Adventure Time with I Finn and Jake. G-
1: agree that adventure time was the closest they they came to that, but I'd also like agree as a business model I feel like I feel like Cartoon Network has more leverage when they when they are not really fully committed to anything and they can like yeah they like very they have the most obvious identity changes and like I think that just works for them of being able to like reinvent the whole channel the whole branding. Like, from period to period to period, you know? Like, I often feel like Cartoon Network is almost its own thing as where Nickelodeon and Disney feel, like, one-to-one...
0: More direct rivals.
1: Yes, absolutely, yeah. More direct rivals, that's a good word for it. But, like, you have to admit that that Disney couldn't... As iconic as some of its shows have been, like That's So Raven and things like that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, where is That's So Raven today? No longer a show. <laughs> and and here right. we are. Like so there is absolutely something to to be said for, Sp- for SpongeBob SquarePants still being an actively made show to this day.
0: Right. And there like yeah, it's like Disney has to have different eras. That's why like I felt so weird to see DuckTales reimagined as this like narrative driven yes. like <laughs> continuity show with like off the wall humor. That's why it's so weird to see this version of Mickey Mouse that is like basic shapes and like Mm -hmm. minimized who can do memes now where he can be in a meme where he goes wow um and yeah it like it's so interesting having one central figure throughout the entirety of Nickelodeon being like changing the studio and then changing like everything that changes changes along with him it's not vice versa
1: yes like
0: that's correct which I think like helps because it's like oh I can identify you know I'm growing up with this character, where it's, like, I feel like Mickey Mouse is basically, like, seven different Mickey Mouses. Right, Like, each decade is effectively a different mouse.
1: Exactly, yeah, I completely agree with that. And I do think,
0: honestly, like, compared to Mickey... The only other thing I compare him to in terms of, like, longevity and animation is, like, it's Mickey Mouse and it's The Simpsons because they're long-running shows that have a huge fandom of both, like... Adults and children. Also, it has big meme culture and have, like, people keep being like, well, it's not like the golden days. Whereas the difference is I feel like SpongeBob's been able to better capture the golden days than Simpsons Mm -hmm. has, though later Simpsons seasons have been better. Like, I've actually enjoyed them. But something i wanted to talk about, like, briefly is, so there is this stage play that always sticks with me. Uh, It's called, I believe it's called Burns the Post-Electric Opera. And the idea is it's a post-apocalyptic play. It's centered around this group around a campfire who are trying to remember an episode of The Simpsons. It's this episode called Cape Fear, which is one of the episodes where Sideshow Bob is trying to murder Bart. Okay. And it shows them, like, literally recreating lines and redoing bits and being like, no, no, that's not what happened. This happened. And then we cut away, and it's several years later, and they've basically become a traveling, like, minstrel group. Mm -hmm. And they're, like, putting on this show of the episode. With, like, little changes here and there, like, they've heightened certain parts. And then it flash-forwards way, way ahead into the future, where, like, basically civilization has been rebuilt. And, like, that episode of The Simpsons is effectively, like, a part of their, like, culture. It's like a holiday when everyone oh. remembers this Cape Fear episode. And wow. it gets this core idea of, like, Simpsons was one of the last big cultural things that everyone talked about, everyone shared, before the internet. The internet, like, the internet was supposed to be this, like, you know, Star Trek-esque utopia of, like, everyone comes together, everyone's united, everyone knows everyone. And instead of resulting in a uniculture where everyone has the same reference pool, everyone has the same, like, cultural understandings, and everyone went into their own quarters and fandoms became smaller and more specialized, I would argue the only thing that comes even close to that is SpongeBob SquarePants. Where it's like, for a generation, this was like our last thing. This was our last thing that everyone knew before social media came in. Right. Which is an even more extreme version of just the internet coming in. Because it's like, oh, if you go down a wrong rabbit hole on social media, you're just fundamentally separated from people. Right, right. Like, <laughs> it, like, and I mean that in a very black pill way where you'll hear someone talking about like seven conspiracy theories where you're like, what the f- hell does that even mean? What are you talking about? Why am I supposed to know what, who any of those people are?
1: Right.
0: And I think that's like the specialness of SpongeBob. It, like, and it kind of ties into the memes. I, like, somehow yeah, we were able somehow. to ring this all together we into a coherent point. point. But it's like, yeah, like, like it is this one language that every millennial can have. Like mm-hmm. as pop culture gets more and more scattered and the internet creates bigger and bigger like little pockets of people, mm-hmm. the one thing we all have is SpongeBob SquarePants.
1: Right, yeah. Oh, it's such a special thing and it is it's it's sad to like for us to be saying goodbye to um to have to getting to reminisce on this and to, to reflect on like what makes this weird little show so infectious so, so special um, mm-hmm. you know I think we we really wanted to close you know or, or I should say we we didn't want to close out this month without honoring the the life and legacy of Stephen Hillenberg um, who as many of you probably know um, Passed away at the young age of fifty seven, uh, back in in November of twenty eighteen. Um, he had something called um, an autoimmune disease called um, ALS that affects the mm-hmm. muscles of, of the body. Eventually, um, they sort of like they harden and and um, you lose the ability to to move your body. Essentially, like that. Um, it's a very scary thing and i don't cr- cringingly if we remember way back in internet lore the whole ice bucket challenge thing that that was what that was mm-hmm. intended to be um yeah spreading awareness about um was that condition als um but you know we we wouldn't have any of this without people like steven hellenberg you know there's so much I feel like I come across very often people who are critical of adults who engage with children's programming. Um I've mentioned this before. I know that I've mentioned this before in one of my notes from the host on a uh, on our Patreon about like like the criticisms against um being an adult that that like enjoys programming that is intended, I say in big quotes, for kids. But I always bring to, to attention to those people that, like, everything that is made for children is made by adults. <laughs> like, these right. these things come from the brains of grown-up people um, who understand the value of storytelling, even if the audience listening is very, very young. That storytelling is still important and worth something. And, um that there there are whole entire industries of people who who believe that their own creative voice is worthy of 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 ch- of children audiences and right, and we wouldn't be taught like we you know we just had an entire conversation about being adults who still get so much fulfillment out of this children's programming. So there is something mm-hmm. of, of substance and something of of value. It's noble work, you know? Like, it's... Yeah.
0: I think that's one of our mantras with this show. Like, again, one of the reasons I get so worked up if I see, like, kids' program that isn't good or, like, a kids' movie that I think lets people down, it's, like... Yeah. It's not an excuse to phone it in when you're making something for kids. Right. Like we were talking about how spongebob shapes us today and it's like the things that we experience as children the core memories that build the person that you will become can and do affect you for the rest of your part yeah. of my language but fucking lives right like this stuff matters you have a it's a responsibility to do right by oh, kids yes. like if all else fails right and steven hillenberg is like at his heart he's someone who wanted to do right by kids he, you know, he started his career teaching kids about, like, the wonders of the marine world, mm-hmm. being excited at the idea of, like, oh, I can teach people about this entire ecosystem, this entire universe that we still only know a fraction about. How cool is that? That, like, you know, we finally, you know, we've broken the bounds of space, and yet there's still stuff on our shores that we don't know about. Right. And, you know, his natural, like, creative drive ended up taking him to animation. Right. Um, Particularly, like, I don't know, Stephen, it it affects me, too, because, like, you know, my father had an autoimmune disease. We're still dealing with the fallout of it. And it's, like, it is scary. Like, it's scary to see someone lose themselves like that. And to think that, like, someone who had created so much in so little time truly created an empire in about three years, jogged off, and then came back just for the heck of it. Because he's like, you know what? Maybe I do have a little more to say. Or maybe I can find some new things to say. Yeah. Especially because on top of that, he wanted to do his own work. He was work. Apparently, I desperately tried to find this before we wrapped up. He created a short around 2010 called Hollywood Boulevard USA mm-hmm. that goes back to more of his, like, original art style. And if anyone listening to this knows where I can find it, please, I would really love to see it. Wow. And I think, ultimately... Um, the one thing I kept looking at as I was looking over all of this is, um, so Steven Hillenburg's mentor at Cal Arts was this guy Jules Engel. Apparently, apparently Hillenburg brought in just all these paintings he had because he's like, I didn't know how to animate. I didn't have any like reels. I didn't have anything. I just mm-hmm. had statues and paintings I made and drawings, and I showed them to Jules, and Jules was like, "Kid, this is a perfect place for you. You're in. I love." He love. didn't sound like that. He he was. I, I, <laughs>
1: That's just the executive I think he was like voice. A sweet,
0: like, yes, that's like the old guard artist. Right. Uh, I think he was born in like, uh, I don't even know. But okay. the point is, like, like, and this guy was a mentor for a lot of people. He was like an influence for Tim Burton. And oh, wow. Hillenburg credited him in the second SpongeBob film, like, in Loving Memory 2.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And I just thought about that. And it also ties in with this idea that someone presented on Twitter recently of like, We are officially at the cutoff of, like, the last generation who have directly interacted and worked with or were mentored by the nine old men. Like, the original Mm. animators of Walt Disney Animation Studios. Mm -hmm. Like, sort of like these old guard. like, you know, we talk about animation as, like, these trees, these family trees of, like, creators teaching creators and, like, people working on one show and then getting to create their own show. More than any other, like, guild in the arts, I would argue animation is, like, it is an inherited art. It is passed down from generation. It is as close we get to, like, the, like, Arthurian knighthood of, like, Mm -hmm. you will train under me, and when the time comes, I will pass the sword on to you. And there is something sad thinking about Steven Hillenburg passing away so young Mm -hmm. and thinking about, like, you know how many others he could have touched with his talent and his creative drive who won't get to have that direct interaction with him. Right, People right. like us who love this art form and want to create in this art form who have only known him by reputation and what he created right. and not necessarily who he was as a man.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just say, you know, as we sort of like wrap up here, but at, at the very least, I'm glad that we have were able to dedicate this month of, of our show of what we create of what we put into the world to appreciate him and and this big part of his legacy there's so much to take away and as as like fellow creators there's so much to to take away from his example two two big things the, the one being that I mentioned before about creating what is good to you what is creating things that that are your personal taste and and like making jokes that you find funny uh making art that you like to look at and 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 just trusting the 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 intrinsic thing that you have trusting the unique thing that you are is like one of the biggest lessons of spongebob i think the other one is that is not to not to believe that your thing is is too precious not to be too sacred about what you do. And part of that is being willing to share it with other people and being willing to let exactly. go of it. And for yeah. him to have created such a massive empire and have made the very healthy decision to step away from it, I think speaks yeah. to so much.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, we are what, you know, we are what our creations grow beyond. And he is the embodiment of that where there is now an effectively an entire animation studio that will almost certainly exist for as long as it can based off of like his artistic vision. And yeah, at the end of the day, watching all this SpongeBob makes me feel better as a person. Like I feel better watching this. Right. Like I feel good having this in my life because it is a show that is fundamentally about like, you know, everyone's a little weird. Everything's Mm -hmm. a little silly. Embrace Mm -hmm. joy and embrace who you are. Be unap- Like, you don't win if you hide who you are.
1: That's correct. Yeah.
0: <sighs> Any closing thoughts as we Ascend finally leave to the, the surface?
1: <laughs> <laughs> as we go up that hill one more time. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. Are you ready, <laughs> Carter?
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say, much like the musical, I feel like we've earned this. At this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. And before I kick us off, I just wanted to say thank you guys all so much for this, yeah. honestly, really, really delightful month. Um, I, you know, I'm really excited for next month because I get to be a diva and pick what we do. Yes. But, like, this will be probably my favorite Disney Desk Month for who knows how long.
1: Agreed. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I am ready for us to start talking about Disney again. And for those of you that initially started listening to us for Disney content, thanks for... Sticking along and, and enjoying this too, humoring us, right? <laughs> um, you know, we we hope to 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 be able to branch out more with with our podcast and and with what we want to talk about it and do. But yeah, this has been a very fun special month, and um, and thank you all so much for being part of it.
0: And. Until, until the next time the summer sun rolls around and we get to rejoin all of our intertidal friends by the beach, I'm Carter.
1: And I'm Sydney.
0: Are you ready, Sid?
1: Aye, aye, Captain.
0: I can't hear you.
1: <laughs> aye, aye, Captain.
0: Oh, who lives in a pineapple under the sea?
1: SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs>
0: Absorbent and yellow and porous <laughs> is he.
1: SpongeBob SquarePants.
0: <laughs> if nautical nuts has be something you wish.
1: SpongeBob SquarePants.
0: Then flop on the deck and drop like a fish.
1: SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> Listen. Very well done. Great.
0: The Disney Desk is brought to you by Carter and Sydney.
1: Follow us on Twitter, at DisneyDesk, for the latest updates about the show.
0: Want more of the most magical podcast on Earth? The Disney Desk is now on Patreon.
1: For exclusive weekly bonus content from us, go to patreon.com slash DisneyDesk and become a patron for as little as $3 a month. Thank you.